A beautiful bouquet of flowers. It can say more than words ever could. To celebrate, congratulate, or just let someone know you're thinking of them. At flowers.ie, we know every bouquet is special. So every order we receive is hand-picked, arranged with care, and delivered with love across Ireland. We even send a video before it's delivered, so you know it's just right. Say it with flowers at www.flowers.ie. Rated five stars on Trustpilot. Shoulder with Nissan. Number one for petrol in Ireland. Number one for electric. Nissan. Innovation that excites. This is News Talk. Welcome back to the Hard Shoulder with me, Ivan Yates. Now, every Friday at this time, we take our life in our hands and we uh, review with three panellists the week with a kind of jaundiced eye heading into the weekend. We call it the final furlong. It's a great pleasure to welcome our old friend, well, very old, really, Mairead Lavery, um, (laughs) journalist and, of course, editor. (laughs) Indeed, country living section of the, the Farmer's Journal. Uh, who's from Limerick, which would make it equally difficult. But anyway, Susan Kyo, my colleague uh, here in News Talk, often fills in presenting for me, and we have news about her. And for the first time, it's a great pleasure to welcome Martin Beans Ward, comedian who I have had the pleasure of talking to on telly, but not in this programme. Uh, Martin, you're a busy man with all the comedic stuff. You have an event coming up in the Roisin Dove over Easter. Uh, yes, so uh, it's it's a charity event. Uh, we're hoping to raise some funds for... Uh, uh, it's it's a group that's called Galway's Future. And we're trying to look at ways in which we can stem this ever-growing uh, issue of people losing their life on Galway waterways. Especially, oh my God, right. Yes, Suicide especially, and, yeah. and, and uh, mental health issues. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And, you know, down throughout the years, we've lost so many people, so many young people. It's it's a very worrying trend, you know. OK, we wish you well with that. Now, fantastic news for you. There's an entirely new weekend schedule here on the station. I was talking about it yesterday. One of the centrepieces is that News Talk Breakfast is going to be seven days a week. Susan, tell us about Saturday and Sunday and your own programme. Yeah, so News Talk Breakfast going Saturday and Sunday morning between 8 o'clock and 9 o'clock. So it'll be very similar to News Talk Breakfast during the week. We're going to be hitting all the main news stories, breaking news, all those stories that they try and slide in, all the unpopular announcements on a Friday evening. You know the way that happens in a newsroom when everybody's heading off to to the pub. So we'll be keeping an eye out for all those kind of things and we'll be jumping on them because I think what happens often is we come back to those stories on a Monday and at that point those stories are two or three days old. So and we'll the sort papers, exactly often the Saturday Sunday papers are very strong. At, yeah, take a look yeah, at the papers, any yeah. big sporting events and we'll do a couple of big set down interviews, kind of set piece interviews as well that need a little bit of breathing space. There is a slower sort of, you know, kind of movement for people at the weekend so yeah. it, we have a little bit more room. So it's 8am to 9pm unmissable news talk breakfast with uh, just uh, Susan presenting it in terms of she's doing it on her own uh, so good luck with that I'll certainly be tuning in Mairead anything exciting? Cheltenham is happening next week no doubt you've got a yes, flutter indeed, have you any indeed, good indeed, there? indeed yeah indeed. well the field be my life a, yes, the field indeed. has a special supplement coming out so right. look out for that I get the it's field every tomorrow. Saturday yeah, yeah. yeah well, and, and, and for the last 12 weeks you wouldn't know this but they've been covering Cheltenham for the last 12 weeks but well there's anyway. a special in it this time <laughs> okay yeah yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. looking forward to that um, alright uh, now let's get to our first topic well today is International Women's Day Right. Well, I, I'm, 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 of course, one of the best known, uh, renowned feminists in Ireland. Uh, but I, I have to, I have to say, I, I, my attitude to this, Susan, I'll come straight to you, is, is blinkered by the fact this morning, 
this morning, right? I'm going to have a go at the national broadcaster now. At 8.35, I was actually up very early this morning. I had some stuff to do with a legal thing. And I said, at 8.35, I'm going to tune in to the sports bulletin because I'm going to listen to Donald Lenehan or someone really good on this crucial match, which I'm going to on Sunday at the Aviva Ireland versus France. They had, as you would expect on International Day, a women's sports presenter and they, 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 they completely blanked the match. They, they did an interview with one of the women lady rugby players and I just said for their busiest sports bulletin, is this not so tokenistic? And I've no difficulty in covering the women's match. I have no difficulty uh, every day being Women's Day. My wife, my mother, my daughters, being uh, my bosses in here and all that kind of thing. Ha- has it not become so tokenistic that we've actually losing sight of editorial decisions? Well, no, not like absolutely not. I mean, there's a total need for International Women's Day. And the minute you mention International Women's Day, there'll be some fool who'll pipe up straight away and say, hang on, when's International Men's Day? And for <laughs> anybody out there who's wondering, it is November the 19th is International Men's Day. But look, in an ideal world, Ivan, there would be no need for International Women's Day. But we don't live in an ideal world. And despite the fact that half of the population are women, there's still women in the world and in Ireland who are facing huge gender inequalities. So you might say that it's tokenistic or what purpose does it serve or is it just, you know, something that we talk about today and move on. But it's a conversation starter and it's like any awareness day about something. It gives us a forum whereby we can talk about different things. There's events held right across the country today that draws attention to some of the obstacles that still but, but face if, women. But if, whether... if you only give this a focus on one day a year as opposed to being part of your a central part of your life like I have two daughters and two sons both all of working age and the girls earn more and they're more successful in their lives and good luck to them you know I mean like uh, is this is this a fight for the sake of a fight no, absolutely not. It's a fight because we still have a fight on our hands and we absolutely do. And I think the misconception about days like International Women's Day or days that promote women and equality in the workplace and in other areas of life is that there's a misconception that men think that if the world becomes a more equal place for women, suddenly it will become less equal for men. That's not what it's about. No, I, I women that. won't lose or men won't no, lose no, anything. I, I don't by, feel in any way threatened by it. But well, some men do. And I think what we need to remember on days like today is that, you know, the best way are the women who support other women. That's really, really important and that doesn't happen sometimes. So women need to support other women. But also what we need to do is we need to talk to the men in our lives and good men are the men who empower women to get on in life and not to feel threatened by days like today. And the minute you have somebody say, where's International Men's Day or what's the point? It's tokenistic. What's the reason? Then it just looks like you're running scared from something that can do no harm. If it shines a light on some of the inadequacies and some of the inequality that's out there, then why not have an international National Women's Day. Okay, what does it mean to you, Mairead? Um, I don't think it's tokenism and I think it is important that you kind of have a, I think around any sort of a subject and certainly in the office this morning we were thinking back and, you know, what's the big changes for women? What's what's the difference and what is making difference? And, you know, without exception, it was education because education brings knowledge and knowledge brings empowerment. It also brings, um, you know, independence because maybe you can work and if you have your own income, you have independence. So everything travels back to, to education. And lack of choice and chance in education is a huge issue, not just in but, Ireland. But, but in, in higher education, uh, girls outperform boys. 
Yeah, but it, there's a cohort get to higher education. There's a huge cohort that don't go that far. In the leaving search? There's a, there's a cohort girls of girls. Girls get higher points than girls. In, in some subjects, yeah, in some subjects. I, I think pretty but much again, on, it's, on it's, average. It's a cohort of the, the numbers. Well, I think you know, girls mature earlier. You know, that, yeah, that's they, my they, personal they, experience. They, they possibly do. But they take life more yeah. seriously at 17 yeah, but, than guys but, I mean, do. you know, when, when I was going to school, you know, and that's a while ago, one third of the class would have left after the junior search or the intercert sure. in those days. Um, the numbers that went on well, to there's college. no need to go back to the 40s I mean like, no, uh, no but those <laughs> those women are still you know you know the, the lack of education and opportunities the marriage bar that existed then are still playing out in those women's lives a lot of the people now you know when the, when the marriage bar ended they're coming up to pension age now and we get much reduced sure. pensions sure that is that a legacy money. issue and there's a lot of legacy issues so education by and again you know to make sure that young women absolutely value the chances they get you know th- there is this trend now you know uh, on Facebook and Instagram where you know you have the trout pout and these eyebrows that are I don't know every face looks the same as far as I can see and that's with my glasses on um, and, and, <laughs> and they you know there's this kind of you know creating this one image of girls that they have to look a certain way and you know that that's not on you know um, get the education put the effort into education not into fake eyebrows all right, Martin. Well, I suppose on the back of that, I think um, the identity thing that, that's been pushed on us, I think that uh, I don't really see it as like totally divided by gender. I think there are a lot of traits like masculinities pushed on a lot of men. I think when you talk about the trout post Stereotyping. Absolutely yeah, yeah. stereotyping. Um, you know, you're, you're meant to be masculine or you're meant to fulfill a role. All these heteronormative things that are pushed on men are also being pushed on women. Personally, I think that days like um, like today, you mm. know, the International Women's Day is extremely important for several reasons. Uh, women haven't fully realised their rights. And I'm saying that as a privileged man, privileged to the point that I am a man. But I also have my own uh, areas that I wouldn't be as privileged in. And I think when you talk about education, education is an extremely powerful tool for bringing yourself away from a certain uh, type of lifestyle or socioeconomic, um, I suppose, the way, wherever you find yourself. Mm. But I would see education as being broken down into class also, as in like how financially capable somebody is to go into third level education. It also comes down to culture capital, folks. If you haven't had somebody in your family who's mm-hmm. gone to third level education in the past, gender means nothing in this. It's to do with if, you, if there's no history within your family of going into third level education, there is a likelihood that you or your son or anyone else in your family will mm-hmm. also, mm-hmm. Um, I suppose, but be unable to take But in rural areas, part. I think that's an awful lot easier um, you know, where there's an expectation that you will go. Um, I see it, you know, my daughter's year, all the all her pals, every single one of them, they were the first in their family to go to college. R- you know, right up to now, you know, kids are the first to go to college, the first, you know, young person to go to college. And, and there being, you know, anything that stops that really, you know, has to be, I won't say nearly outlawed. I was on um, a bus yesterday uh, from um, Edenderry up to Maynooth University. And it was full of first years, nearly all first years, going to Maynooth University. And I talked to a good lot of them and to a person they told me that without this local link bus, they wouldn't be able to go to college. They couldn't afford the cost of the of the, re- the residences or the, you know, the, the, the flats or whatever accommodation they were staying in. Um, their parents, if they were working, they might have been going in different directions. Or if they weren't working, there wasn't a second car in the house. They couldn't pay for insurance on a, on a car for themselves. Mm. And this little service 
to get kids well, to but I mean Martin, Martin, Martin's point if you look at the addresses in Dublin and look at D8 and D15 absolutely. versus D4 and D2 there is a class divide and it's absolutely a postcode in relation just let me also clarify something as well when we talk about gender issues within the education system women in my community are far more likely to go into third level education than men and that is that is backed up by statistics so there's obviously a disconnect there somewhere that doesn't include um, gender division or, or gender inequality. There must be something under that that needs to be looked at. All right. Like well, International yeah. Women's Day <laughs> went in a completely different direction to the one I, Happy I wanted. Happy International Women's Day, guys. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, uh, 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 whatever it is, enjoy it uh, from your perspective of equality of opportunity across the classes or across the genders. Now, this week, uh, I announced publicly that I'd become a grandfather. Uh, it's to happen, apparently, in mid-September. Uh, it's my first grandchild, and uh, the issue I put out to uh, listeners was, uh, Deirdre is violently objecting to be called Nana. My own mother's <laughs> mother was called Nana, and uh, basically all the texts came in to say that I should be called Grump. <laughs> Uh, instead of grandpa or pops. Thank you all for that. Uh, So what is uh, the correct nomenclature uh, for uh, the third generation? And my mother will become a great-grandparent for the first time. Uh, Martin, what what would you call Nana, Granny, Gran, or just a lot of people like to be called by their name, Mary, or... Oh, that would never happen in my family. How dare you? You're not even allowed to call your parents by their actual uh, name. Okay. Um, So for me, my grandmother that's left I would call her Granny. Uh, however, for my father's side, I had a slightly different relationship with them in that I was, I don't know, I must have had a speech impediment, but I used to call them Mama and Dada. Mama and Dada. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Uh, and what would be the norm? <laughs> what would be, there's nothing wrong with that there's at no, all. There's no norm. I think this is this is the thing. Like, you should, oh, look, whatever whatever name the, the grandchild calls you, you should be happy that they're not calling you something worse. <laughs> you know? Um, Indeed. You know, Indeed. I, I, think, I think for me, I, I would use Granny um, because that's it's my granny. Mm. The, the, one of the difficulties is for kids if they have more than one yeah. uh, granny and, and grandparents. And then whoever gets in first. So <laughs> like, you know, well, yeah, like so. I mean, obviously, if 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 everybody's if the, all the four grandparents say are alive in, in an ideal situation, yes, yes. and then one goes with nanny and saying nanny, then the other one can only be nana or granny. Like you mm. can't have two nannies. Although we used to have a nanny Lil, so we kind of had put Lil on it, so you could differentiate between yes. two grannies. And again, then for grand dads you know we call my children call my dad Papa Tony his name is Tony so they call him Papa Tony so that's just him but my mom was like a variety of pizza (laughs) Papa Tony (laughs) Papa Tony Um, as opposed to pepperoni but my mom was similar to um, your wife in the sense that she absolutely did not want to be called nanny nana granny any of those variations so they just call her Mary and they have they all call her Mary and they just she just wouldn't have them call her so the the, the grandkids call, call her just Mary just Mary. There's no Nana Mary, no Granny, no Nana, nothing. But is this not a denial of the ageing process? To pretending you're cool (laughs) and you're one of the kids when you're not. The other thing I think is funny, which you should be careful about, is I think sometimes um, names that you give grandparents can stick when they're small. So I've heard people in their teens and twenties and they might say, oh I'm going to my Gaga's house or my Gang Gang's house or whatever and the name kind of sticks. So bear in mind it has to be something that they probably will be okay with using when they're in their teens. Hopefully you 
you'll live that long, Ivan. So this Indeed. grandchild will be talking to you in years to come. I'm a grandmother of 17 months at this stage. Okay, so and one child? One, one grandchild? One, one grandchild, yeah. Okay. yeah what do they call you, Marit? Um, well, you see, this is it. Uh, I actually wanted to be called Gags. But yes. anyway, I got fierce resistance from my two I sons see and daughter on that. <laughs> and they want me to go by the name Nana. Nana's lovely. Nana, yeah, because the other granny is going by the name of Granny. But I don't really want Nana. I, I like and I'm sticking to gags, you know. So uh, I had a good friend and her mum, uh, she was gags to her grandchildren. And I always, I always thought it was great. Mm. So that's, that's kind of I'm endearing. But what I like it's about very being, close to Gaga. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah put a lady in front of it, <laughs> Lady Gaga. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but what I like about being a grandmother is the fun I've got out of creating grand uncles and aunts out of my brothers and sisters, all of whom are younger than mm-hmm. me. Does so, there, is there such a thing as a grand uncle? Well, really? well, they are the, the grand. They may not. They may try and deny it. Right. They may try and think they're still teenagers. No, I, I, there's certainly excitement teenagers. amongst Kira's siblings in terms of they're yes. going to be oh, a, an uncle be, or an aunt for the first uncles, time. Uh, the, you know, the first grandchild in a family is always something. And special. can I ask you then, with seventeen months' experience? Mm. Um, like, I, I was terrified when the text came in about <laughs> babysitting because uh, uh, and, and changing nappies and so on. So I'm not going to do what I didn't do for my own kids. I mean, for heaven's sake. I mean, yeah. like, what are the obligations yeah. of a grandparent? There's many. The obligations of a grandparent are generally to remember when you were a parent yourself and all the things that your parents said to you or told you to do or said you shouldn't do with your children and keep your mouth shut and zip. And not do that. And not do that. Absolutely not do that. Even though you might think that they're clueless. Yeah, but every time you feel annoyed to say, maybe you should do it this way, or maybe you should do that, shut it, zip it. Do not open your mouth. That's just with the daughter-in-law. Is is it no, the case in your case? No, it's certainly with the daughter. <laughs> don't, don't get involved in giving advice. Unless you're asked for it and then be temperate. But what about services rendered, like babysitting and actually... You Generally, know, f- new parents... Well, in in I found with with my daughter and son-in-law that they are this baby is so precious they don't let grandparents alone with Fantastic. it or near it. Fantastic. Oh my God! I was the opposite. Get in, get in. The Absolutely first year great, or eighteen yeah. months. Right. But uh, they're possessive but th- about well, it. Well, they are. But I must. I think though. Um, oh, any attempt to outsource them will be resisted. What it, what it might do <laughs> Ivan, I wouldn't leave my dog with you, so don't worry about it. <laughs> but, but what? what That's what, a good what, plan. Um, one of the things where well, well, you might get a bit of a softening is that, uh, you know, when I had my own kids, you know, or our kids, I never thought of um, the world or the future or anything much about them because you're so kind of caught up in the day-to-day stuff like getting them fed, you know, getting them to bed, getting enough sleep into them, getting them through school, all that. But with your grandchildren, all of a sudden you are thinking about what is the world going to be like when, you know, she grows up or when she's Don't like tell me you're 60s. giving your grandchildren lectures about climate no, change. No, I'm not. But it's actually, you do <laughs> actually think about it because all of a sudden with them, you can see, fo- you can kind of go forward. Like m- my granny was born in a time when there were no air- airplanes, no phones, uh, no cars hardly, anything like that. And, you know, in, you know, in between holding hands with her or having a cuddle with her and having a cuddle with my granddaughter, the worlds they would have inhabited 
are just so incredibly, incredibly yeah. different. Uh, Susan, I mean, I mean, I, I mean I... Like, is it the best of both worlds insofar as you have all the adoration and love of a new arrival and all that kind of but thing? But none of the responsibility. But no, exactly, Absolutely. isn't it great? Oh, I mean, it's it. a positive. Universally, positive. you'll hear grandparents yeah. say that, you know, they can have them over. They'll be the ones, you know, slipping a chocolate bar and, you know, all the treats yes. when you go to granny and that they wouldn't have done for their they own. Wouldn't have done you for their want own to make children. sure that Junior won't tell their mother or father <laughs> that Nana has given them or Gags. Gags has yeah. given yeah. them whatever um, it is. Ivan, what does your, your mother think of it though? She must be delighted. Like a great grandmother well, is it? Would you believe it? I haven't because it was her birthday the day I, I spoke about it. No one, my mother was 87 on the 5th of March and I, I started by saying on air I just want to wish my mother a happy birthday because I haven't seen her in four weeks and I won't see her till Friday week. And and the fact of the matter is that nobody focused any attention on my poor mother who was much more deserving. <laughs> but obviously, I'll have to sit down and talk mm. to her. But I... I, I, I I, I I think it's scary being a grandparent, being a great grandparent. Yeah, it's, it's time to, it's time to pull up the ladder behind you. But anyway, <laughs> Martin, uh, do do you, do you have a perception of grandparents having a different role? Uh, I suppose with with maybe with my family it's a little bit different, but they're very involved. Uh, so there would be a lot of babysitting. There would be a lot of taking care of the kids and. Uh, to be fair, my parents love the role. They love being... Uh, they embrace it, yeah. Yeah, and even like my nieces and nephews now. So they would call my father pop-ups. Mm. Yes. Um, which I think may have been influenced by Peppa Pig or something like that. Right. Um, but yeah, and then be Nanny as well. Uh, I, again, when, when, you're, when you're thinking, it, when you're, if you're choosing the name that you want to be called, <laughs> and I'm sorry about you chose Gags, and I could just imagine in around a school playground where they talk about Nana Gags, you know, um, this, this it, little mice grow legs is all I'm saying, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It sounds like gangster yeah, grandma. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what do you want to be called, Ivan? Oh, What's I, your I preference? don't mind. Oh, yeah. I don't mind. My I actually don't mind. Granddad, Grumps. whatever, Grumps. I don't mind. Yeah, my husband is is absolutely grumps. That's, well, that's what he's so grumps. Grumps. Well, that's, yeah. That's what he wanted. That's, that was yeah. actually very, Grumps is it sounds like Victor Meldrew. Yeah, yeah, but it's not really. But is it uh, not? No, because our, our granddaughter really loves her granddads, her two of them, has more okay. time for them than all her right. grandmas. Right. All of this family loved up stuff has to end right now on the final furlong. Uh, my guests are Martin Beans Ward, Susan Kilmeraid, Larry, because earlier this week, Stephanie Regan on Mondays uh, in the six hour um, talks about relationships and she this week spoke about old flames because a recent survey found 10% of married people still hold a candle for someone else and 25% of people want to rekindle a relationship with an old flame. So there was very divided views on the topic. Uh, I, I've always felt in a kind of human, human animal point of view that monogamy is only for swans. But uh, uh, Susan, I mean, the, the, the issue here, the issue here is this. Um, if, 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 can you love two people? No, I actually think you can't. And I can don't you think, fancy no, two people? No, I don't people. think you can fancy two people either. I think once you fancy one person, you can't fancy another person. I genuinely feel that. Right. Now, that is not to say that you could be married and have eyes for somebody else. Like, as in, that would mean then maybe you're not happily married. I mean, you can't, I think, physically fancy somebody to a proper physical level. You can't fancy two people. It just, once you're there, you can't be there. I genuinely feel that. Is that not idealistic? No, I'm not saying that in an idealistic way. I'm sure there's lots of people who are married who do fancy somebody yeah, and, else. And so I I'm think the, the statistics that... generally are about 60% of people in long-term relationships at some point commit some form of adultery. Uh, you know what I mean? Um, so, so, but like, I, 
I don't know. I mean, she got into it in, in some depth in so like far as that... it's all about communication. Like, you know, as in, it, it depends. If if I, like everyone can acknowledge somebody who's beautiful or somebody yes. who you might think that's a very handsome Stunning, man or you know, somebody yes, who yeah. you would fancy if you weren't married. Yeah. It's all about communication. If you're if you're happy to say that, then there's sort of nothing really So Ronaldo does nothing for you. Beneath, he does absolutely <laughs> nothing right. for me, let but me tell there, you. Is there nobody, though, that, that you could... you could and like? But do, that's do, different. I can admire lots oh, of people. Yeah. But my point is that it wouldn't make me want to do anything with them. But I can right. absolutely admire them. Like everyone can or go and have a look even? in a shop window. It doesn't mean you right. have to go in and buy something. Right. So what we're talking about here at the moment is two very different things. If you're going to fancy somebody, like how many people can honestly say that even though you're in a loving marriage and you're super attracted to your other partner or partners, that partners. you don't... Well, why not? If it's if it's a polyamory, I mean, these okay. are, these, we have to be all inclusive. If these are consenting adults, so it's very no, no. Sorry, it's, I'm it's not very judgmental. No, 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 no. I'm fascinated. He's <laughs> just realised he could have two wives, yeah, yeah, and he didn't realise. No, 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 okay, no, so no. That's different. That's no, that's polygamy. So, right, right. So uh, that that then goes into a whole legal area. Okay, then. Um, okay. But I, what I'm talking about is that the capacity to love more than one person is already within us. We're told by, I suppose, our, our, our morals that we've been brought up with that marriage is like between in the two Middle East. People. In the Middle East, uh, they, 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 I know Godolphin, the horse racing guy, Sheik, you know, he, he's a couple of wives. Yeah, but to be fair, also in some of the Middle East, people like me will be hung publicly. Right. So yeah, there's that yeah. as well, Ivan, you know. Yeah. Uh, and women don't balance, have the choice you know? of having a couple of husbands. Uh, yeah. But that's true, and that's very true. Mm. And again, that, that would come down, I'm not going to call out uh, Islam for, for their beliefs but the Catholic Church wouldn't be much different you know um, it was only in the mid 60s I think that women were in this country weren't even allowed to have public jobs or work in the public and, can, and can I ask you service? in the LGBT community is there less promiscuity uh, than there is in the heterosexual community would you think oh no to be fair I think there is more and that's a personal opinion I think there's it's more an observation yeah yeah. I think there's more promiscuity mainly because we're still now, it's an individual thing well, you, know, well, you can't uh, generalise but, but it's absolutely. your general observation of course it is but we, we also need to remember that if even the LGBT community were brought up in this society with these moral codes and compasses that were pushed on us so we've always been kind of fighting or having secret relationships and it's basically playing catch up now that is changing I'm not saying that everyone's promiscuous by no means sure sure I'm just saying that there's a, there's a prevalence and there is an age thing you know you're more flippity gibbet I would yeah, say up to 40 than you are after well, 40 well the other big thing is I think the, the people over 50 because um, you know when they were sexually they say active, it's the last thing to die well, well, well <laughs> you know when they were out, out, out you know looking out for somebody um, stepping out yeah, stepping out Ste- for instance, stepping yeah. out you now know, you're you, going back you, you wouldn't have had um, even contraceptives available you know anything that's like right that. to the seventies, wasn't but, it? But the Billings method. Yeah, but now you're you're back into people. Maybe they're widowed, they're separated, they're divorced, they're into their fifties and into their sixties and even older. And very big rise in the amount of um, uh, sexually transmitted diseases in that age group because they weren't using protection back when they were in their twenties, and they're certainly not doing it now. Um, but also, if you go on Facebook or you anything like, like that, you sound like a reverend mother to me. Yeah, no, I'm not. If you you sound, uh, uh, or if you go back into, um, don't let me. Uh, yeah, if you go back into, if you go back there, into, go into Facebook, you'd see loads of people who, you know, uh, were widowed or widowed or whatever, and they met their sweetheart, their childhood sweetheart, the person that they used to hold hands with going to school, and now after fifty years apart, they're after remarrying. More power. And I mean, to them. Right. there's loads of that kind of thing going on. 
You know, but the, but I think there is a thing with first love. You know what I mean? That you you'll never repeat that it's kind of that 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 flush or that kind of uh, crazy young passionate feeling that you'll you'll probably never forget it. Oh, yeah, you bring everybody back to their Irish college days. Yeah. Yeah. That's just like a, a, a like a your first real hit of a drug. You know, it's oxytocin. That's right. yeah. It's oxytocin. It's dopamine. Yeah. And it's, I use it on my yeah. back the whole time. Oxycontin. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's as near as I can get to there for you, it's all a memory to me anyway. <laughs> all right. Well, that's that's our lot on the final furlong. My sincere thanks uh, for being such good sports. Uh, Martin Beans Ward, comedian, we wish you every contingent success. Mairead Lavery telling us about the Irish field, which I'll be buying tomorrow. And the Farmer's Journal still rocketing it. And congratulations and every success to Susan Kyo with News Talk Breakfast. If you want your fill of current affairs, news, sports, update, newspapers and all that goes with News Talk Breakfast, uh, do tune in 8 to 9 every uh, Saturday and Sunday and that's your lot on the hard shoulder this week my thanks to the production team Mark Simpson Dan Flanagan Alex Russo Roisin Davis and Steve Daunt Off the Ball is up next I'll be back on Monday with the hard shoulder from four can't wait for the Aviva three o'clock on Sunday I'll be telling you all about it on Monday enjoy your weekend and thanks for listening (laughs) 